Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, or take the path that sinners tread, or sit in the seat of scoffers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water, which yield their fruit in its season, and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the ways of the wicked will perish. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to John. Glory to you, O Christ. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, No one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. This is the gospel of our Lord. So much. Um, Your microphone sounded a bit better than mine. Is this okay? Are we good? People at the back are giving a thumbs up, so we'll stick with this. Great. Uh, Decisions, choices. Decisions, decisions. I want to spend a few minutes thinking about the decisions that we make in life, because the service that we've got coming up involves a lot of decisions. Um, Social scientists say the average person every day makes 35,000 conscious decisions. Isn't that extraordinary? Uh, it's no wonder we're all so tired. You know, I, I thought, oh, that explains it. It's tiring, the everyday life, all these decisions. Um, now, most of these are not major life decisions, are they, at all? Uh, so today, decisions that have faced you already. You know, who had strawberry jam on toast? Strawberry jam people? Yeah? 
Yeah, just strawberry jam. You had options there, didn't you? Anyone go for Marmite? Anyone have Marmite on toast? Excellent. Yes, oh, there's more Marmite people in the house than strawberry jam people in the house. Any other votes for what you just chose for toast this morning? Peanut butter. Get your protein in. Honey, anybody? Yeah, a few honey. Okay, great. So there's the decisions, the breakfast decisions. Um, any votes for who went for the black socks option this morning? Black socks, blue socks, white socks. Great. Uh, mixture, anybody? <laughs> it was one of, those, one of those mornings, wasn't it? The black socks. You know, these are, these are normal, everyday decisions. And there's thousands, 35,000 decisions. Uh, but in the moment, uh, I'm going to ask our amazing confirmation candidates to answer six questions and their decisions, their six choices among these thousands that they're going to face today. These decisions are life-changing ones. These decisions are momentous, transformational, eternal decisions. And they're the baptism decisions of all Christians. So many of you here today have already made these choices with your baptism. And, and today, the church, we confirm them. That's what it is, a confirmation. What are we confirming? We're confirming the work of God over their lives as they confirm their choices in favor of God and his kingdom. Now, every decision we make, think about it this way, it involves, doesn't it, a yes to something and a no to something else at the same time. So the people who chose strawberry jam this morning for their toast... It was at the same time, it was a decision to say no to Marmite, unless you're very strange indeed, and you had, I don't expect anyone here went for both. It's a yes and a no at the same time, isn't it? Yes to a black socks is a no to the white sock option. And Christian choices are like that as well. So baptism decisions, and you can look at them, they're in the book, um, they're a yes to a whole set of things, and at the same time, it's a saying no to a whole set of other things. And uh, we're going to dwell on that. And in Psalm 1, really helps us. Uh, this psalm helps us think about the Christian life in terms of it being a life of decision-making, a life of choices that are available to us. Say no to something, say yes to others. And the psalmist says that when we do that in God's way, when we make those choices for God, there is a life of amazing blessing on offer to us. Look at verse 1. Blessed is the person who chooses not to do these things, who chooses not to follow the advice of the wicked, who chooses not to walk in the way that sinners take, who doesn't sit in the company of people who are just cynical and mocking stuff all the time. As a follower of God, you're going to be very blessed by making careful choices about whose advice you take, about who you want to become like. We're in social media age of the influencer, aren't there? There are people you say, what do you want to do when you grow up? And they say, oh, I want to be an influencer. Actually, I already am. And you think, wow, you're 13. And you've always got, you know, 100,000 followers on Instagram. You are an influencer. And the Bible is saying, you're going to be really blessed in life if you make very careful choices about who you're going to be influenced by. And what? And what you choose to spend your time reading and looking at and thinking about and who you're with and what you're taught, you know, that shapes you, that influences you. And it's an active choice to say yes to some stuff and no to others. And it's a no to wickedness and sin and cynicism. And instead, verse 2, here's what we say yes to. Choose to delight in the law of the Lord, says the psalmist. Delight in the God who has revealed to us 
his perfect will and character and purpose in the pages of Scripture. Choose to be a person, and there's not that many of them around, who says a massive yes on a daily basis to the revealed will and law of God in the pages of the Bible. It's quite a countercultural thing to do. And there's stuff in there that's uncomfortable, that's not easy, that's massively, radically countercultural. And as a Christian, you're a person who's going to say, I'm lining myself up with this. And he personally speaks to us. It's not a sort of dry law written on tablets of stone anymore. This is the living and active word of God. I was looking at your stained glass window. There's a sword. I don't know what that window is about. Someone will have to tell me. It looks like an angel over, obviously, Chanctonbury. But I was looking at the sword thinking, what's that? You know, and the Bible talks about the sword of the Spirit through the word of God. And God's promise is, if we make these decisions, we say no to this stuff and yes to delighting in God's ways, then verse 3, your life will be like a tree planted by streams of water that never dies. Isn't that great? Now, I go up Chanctonbury Hill all the time. It's my favorite place to walk my dog. I always pray for you when I'm up there, by the way. I do my prayer walking for Chanctonbury Revival. I know I'm, I'm on board <laughs> with the vision. I, you know, tick that box. Um, but right when you get to the top, obviously, there isn't a stream. But on my way up there, I take a sort of circuitous route, and you see these beautiful big trees planted by a stream of living water. And the Bible says the Christian life, that is a picture. So anytime you're out walking and you see a tree by a stream, you think that is a picture of who God is calling to be. And the promise is that tree can weather any storm. We've had, you know, all these storms. What was the latest one? Eileen or something? They've got sort of old lady names, haven't they, now? Storms. <laughs> sort of Morag and all this. Sorry if you're... Oh, gosh. <laughs> I have to be very careful. I do apologise. We won't have a show of hands. How many Eileen's? <laughs> That's terrible. Ruth, you know, there'll be Storm Ruth, I'm sure. Um, and, and the trees fall. Their, their roots aren't deep enough. Uh, they're not well nourished enough. And the winds and waves come and the, and the trees fall. And the Bible says... You make your choices for God. You line yourself up with his revealed will and character, his purposes for your life, and your life will be evergreen, everlasting. It will last forever. It's extraordinary. And God is saying, be like that tree. Put your roots deeply into the life of God. Don't be like, he contrasts it with this. I, I was thinking about, you know, people, have you got rabbits and guinea pigs and stuff, hamsters, and you have like straw in the hutch? Some of you are farmers, you know, that dry bit of chaff, that stalk, the psalmist says. And it's just dry, it's disconnected, there's no roots, it's dried up, there's no life in it. And some people's lives are like that. And the wind, just a little puff of wind, and it's blown away. And God is saying in this psalm, that's a tragic waste of a life. It does, your life doesn't need to be wasted. It doesn't need to be rootless and disconnected from the Spirit of God. Don't waste your life and just be blown away by the wind, but build it to be evergreen. Now, in a moment, our candidates are going to confirm their decisions. And then, you know, because so far I've been talking about what you guys are going to do, what you're going to decide, where you're going to align yourself. But there's a massive other side to the coin, and it's actually even better than the first side, because we see the other step. When we step forward in faith, we stand up and we say, my choice is going to be for Jesus. What we discover is, the truth is, 
that Jesus has made his decision too. And he actually made his decision over us long before you've made your decision about him. We think we're choosing him. And then as we move towards him, we find, oh my word, you have chosen me all along. And the moment of confirmation isn't about you saying yes to Jesus. It's actually about me saying, God has called you by name and he has made you his own. Today is about his work in your life. And the great news is, it's really great news, that actually it's not up to us. Jesus chooses us. And we saw this in our second reading, John chapter 3. And there's loads in it. Nicodemus, he's like a sort of bishop kind of figure. Well, actually, that's dangerous to say. <laughs> but he's, he's kind of like, um, he's a sort of very respected, yeah, this is going to, the analogy with the bishop is going to fall down. He's, he's a sort of pillar of the church. Everybody knows him. He's, he's understood to be a sort of this righteous guy. He studies the law. People, you know, tidy the vestry when he visits. And he's, you know, really respected. <laughs> oh, yes, it's very tidy. It is. It is. Somebody, you did, didn't you? <laughs> it's always, always tidy. So Nicodemus, he's a, he's a godly man. He is somebody whose job it is to teach other people about the kingdom of God. That is his job. And he comes to Jesus like under cover of darkness, actually in fear of what other people are going to think. But he is so intrigued and so drawn to Jesus and he's really struggling to get his head around this brand new spiritual life that Jesus is offering, this stream of living water and the trees with their roots eternally nourished. He's saying, I don't get it. And Jesus says, ah, oh, you see, the magic is, it's not magic at all, <laughs> it's the Spirit of God, is a gift. It's a gift. You just have to receive it. Verse 7, you've got to be born from above. You've got, you've got to receive new life from heaven. The wind blows wherever he chooses. The Holy Spirit just chooses to make his home in you. And your only job is to just say, yes, come in. I receive you. Okay, I'm going to agree to this and trust that you know me better than I know myself, that your purposes for me are better than any life that I could construct so I'm going to give in, I'm going to trust, I surrender. Come on in, God, and do your thing. The fact that God chooses us puts us in a very, very safe place indeed. That it is not up to you, but God has chosen you. And your salvation is not up to whether you guys do a good or a bad job of being a Christian. Thank goodness. It's not about striving hard to make the right choices. And those 37,000 decisions a day, we've got to obsess over getting every single thing right because we live in fear of messing up. No, that is not the life of life. That's the path to death. We can absolutely trust we're as secure as we can be because our salvation rests on what Jesus has already done and accomplished and won for us. And it's there in our gospel reading, verse 13. Jesus has come from heaven and earth not to condemn us for the mistakes we've made, but to die on a cross to free us to know the forgiveness and eternal life and light and love of God. It's his choice. And that makes us safe in him forever. So don't worry about living up to the promises that you're making. The Holy Spirit is in you. Jesus has redeemed you. The Father has got you in his grip. You are safe. One final thing to say 
not just to the candidates, but eventually to everyone, is when you wake up tomorrow morning, no one will be able to tell that you've been confirmed. <laughs> Absolutely no one other than us here. Is there a live stream? Oh dear, okay. <laughs> Maybe a few others. <laughs> but when you wake up and you go to work or you go to school or you go to your business or you go to a cafe, no one will be able to tell, okay? So I have not brought with me uh, a Sharpie marker to write on your forehead. I'm, we're not going to tattoo you. We're not going to give you, you know, rainbow guitar strap to wear or like bad sandals or kind of a special jumper or anything um, that's going to show you. There's no special jewelry that you've got to wear. There's no sign at all. Today's service is, in, is uh, oil, water, bread, wine, words, prayers, promises. It will all be invisible by this time tomorrow. You've got nothing to show for it. So my challenge is, not just to you guys, but to all of you, if you're here this morning, you count yourself to be a Christian, is your job is to make the invisible visible. That's what you've got to do. No one will be able to tell unless you show the world that God has chosen you and he's put his spirit in you to fill you with his presence, to be his witnesses to this very, very needy and broken and lost world. So not just big public choices on a big kind of stage like today, but much harder is the task in front of us all, which is by a hundred little choices on a daily basis, we make Jesus known. We choose. We say yes to goodness and joy and love. We say no to gossip, no to meanness, no to unkindness, no to injustice. We say yes to joy we say yes to goodness, we say yes to faith, and we say yes to sacrificial love. And day by day, we make these hard choices. And some of it feels minute when someone's just cut you up in the road and you're angry. And it's minute. No one else will know whether you're just going to release that and pray for that person, or whether you're just going to carry it and be cross and be mean to the dog when you get home. Because you've just, you know, it's these little choices day by day to follow him and say yes to his grace. If you live like that, you will make the invisible visible and your life will be like a tree on the banks of the river, strong, fruitful, healthy, evergreen and everlasting. Amen.